Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Veteran Growth Podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this show. It truly does mean the world to myself. It means a lot to the people that I bring on this show as well. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. On today's episode, we have a very interesting conversation. Well, I have a very interesting conversation with Adam Allsworth, who's the co-founder and CEO of Star Spangled Subs, uh, CBD Products, and we had a stellar conversation related to the topic of entrepreneurship. But what's more important about this episode is I really believe that if you're somebody who's transitioning, if you're getting out of the military, if you're out of the military and you're struggling to find that something, that purpose that makes you click and makes you drive and makes you want to drive on harder and harder, if you haven't found that fulfillment, this would be an episode to really listen to. I mean, we had a lot in common as far as our paths are concerned, uh, the, the turns we took in life and the, and the places we took ourselves mentally. Um, there's a lot of good insight that you'll get from this episode, from not only Adam, but for myself too, just with our backgrounds, uh, basically talking about you know action versus reaction, how to not be a product of your situation, um, basically some insights on things like what books to start reading, like what podcasts you might want to check out. Um, but entrepreneurship was the hot topic. We talked about making decision to jump into business, uh, the value that we have from our military backgrounds and how that really does translate into entrepreneurship very well. So if you think that you haven't found that, that thing that's right for you and you haven't you know, considered entrepreneurship, then what I would suggest is to consider it. And I, I think Adam would agree. And, and you'll hear a lot of the things that he has to say in this conversation, but really good episode. I'm, re- I'm very bummed out because we actually, this was the first time that I recorded a live sit down interview for the Veteran Growth Podcast. And we tried to record a video for everybody and my, my phone didn't, uh, it didn't record. And so we don't have the video, unfortunately. It was a wonderful setup. It was a great conversation. But we do have an awesome audio podcast still. And so I would love for you guys to listen to this whole episode. It is filled with incredible tidbits. If you're already a business owner, this will still be a good episode for you. We talk a lot of strategy, different things you can do with controlling your products to help you know, the longevity of your brand. There's a lot of little tidbits that are out there for business owners as well. So great episode. I'm very excited to present this to you guys. Stick around, enjoy the phone. Uh, let us know where you're listening from. This is episode 14. I just wish I could show you guys the layout that we have this year for the show. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to bring you guys more and more and more. Expect more from the content side, uh, on the website, the blogs, everything's going to be 10xing over this year. 2019 is, is your year too. So stick into what we got going on. Check out this episode. Make sure to give Adam Allsworth your attention. Follow Star Spangled Subs uh, and really open up your ears to what he has to say. Hard work, 
This is the Veteran Growth Podcast, an audio experience designed to help you create a sustainable, wealthy, and healthy lifestyle after the military. For Army veteran and host Kyle Hartman, the goal is simple, never stop learning or growing. Whether you are recovering, transitioning, starting a business, or just want to grow mentally and spiritually, we have you covered. Together, this community can accomplish anything. We've already proven it. You can find more at www.veterangrowthpodcast.com. Please enjoy the show. Today, I'm with a very special guest, Adam Allsworth. He's the founder and CEO of Star Spangled Supplements. Uh, And we're here to talk about not only some of his ventures through business and, and just self-development and things like that, but one of the greatest things is the service, the product of this business is also something that I'm gonna ask Adam a lot of questions about. Uh, it's all dealing with CBD, right, Adam? Yeah, all CBD products, all cannabis. So we're gonna dive into that. It's gonna be an exciting episode. Adam, I just wanna thank you for making this happen. So as I said, this is our first live episode ever. We're recording a video. Uh, and Adam just made it happen. He hit me up when he was in town. And so here we are. So thank you for doing that. And it's okay, been a man. pleasure to get to know you before we started recording. Uh, and I'm excited to have you on the show. No, oh, awesome. Glad to be here, man. So you were in the Navy. I was. And you got out and decided, uh, after trying a couple things here and there when you got out, you just, nothing was clicking, nothing was really driving home for you. So tell us about your, your journey to get into business and, and, and tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah, so I, I think with all veterans, once once you get out of the military, the first thing you're going to miss is camaraderie. You know, the, the fact that you are you have a very purpose-driven career field, right? Right. It's, no matter what you're doing in the military, no matter where you are, you're with another group of individuals trying to obtain a, a common goal. When you get into the civilian sector, it's not, that's not the way it is. You miss yeah, that just, when you get out. You do. You miss it a lot. You miss um, a lot of people. You know, it's just, it's just different. Right, so nothing really clicked. I was always searching for something to feel the same way that I felt, but where I also I didn't have to shave every day, or yeah. I didn't have to wear a uniform, or, <laughs> you know, I, I, I felt like a human being again, yeah. right? And so, in trying to find that, just nothing clicked, right? I, I worked for a well drilling company for a little while here in California. Um, I did construction for a little while. I went out to Utah. I worked in sales for a little while. I went to school. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tried a bunch of different things and nothing clicked. Um, did you kind of, sorry to cut you off, but did you, when you were getting ready to get out, did you think you knew what you wanted to do? And so So, you would go and try it and it just, it just didn't. Yeah. So I, I had, I had in my mind, I was going to go be a cop, Mm -hmm. right? That was kind of my, I'm going to go be a cop. That's what I'm going to go do. Then I looked at one, how much cops are paid (laughs) and what the cost of living is. Yeah. And I was like, there's no fucking way I can live on that. Yeah. Right. There's no way I can have a family. There's no way like. If I was to stay a bachelor forever and live in a one-bedroom apartment, yeah, I could probably pull it off. But you know, it's, it's just, just like most yeah. you know nine-to-five careers nowadays. Right, like, it's nobody's most really making any money. Right, out there. and then the other things I you look how cops are treated, right? And I have a couple couple buddies who are retired cops, mm-hmm. right? And they have awesome stories, right? You, you sit the down, days. you listen to them. I, I got a buddy who was a cop in LA during the LA riots. Another one who was in in Arcadia. Um, in the 80s and early 90s and the stories they have are just hilarious and 
I'd always turn them like, you'd never get away with that today, would you? Right. Like, nope. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, very quick, like, no, that just, you wouldn't get away with that today. And not so much that it's, it's the way that you're treating other people, but my buddy Phil, he would talk about, yeah, we would have competitions to see while on duty who could get the farthest away mm-hmm. from their sector without getting caught. <laughs> right? So he was like, yeah, one of the cops made it from Arcadia, California to Las Vegas and back. Yeah. And so they'd have to take a picture and then you show the picture, well, this is how far away I got. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Right? Uh, <laughs> the shit you would never get away with today. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I have some cop friends as well. There's a lot of just stress, fear, all kinds of stuff built up around it. Um, They're always waiting to get in trouble for trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it just seems that way. And so what happened, that didn't work out, or did it? Uh, so the opportunity there? was there. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity was there. It just didn't, it didn't feel right, right. Right. It was one of those things that just didn't feel right. I looked into being a firefighter. Basically, you come out of the military and you look into other service-related careers, mm-hmm. right? Something that has that, uh, that, that sort of, like you said, the camaraderie, that team yeah. uh, supplement that's in there yeah. to keep you involved. Yep. And so I was like, you know, nothing was clicking. Nothing just felt right. And so I was like, you know, I, I went through a pretty bad personal time, mm-hmm. right, with, with a, a somewhat ex-girlfriend. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of California. Mm-hmm. Right, so I picked up. Literally, I picked up and moved to Utah like the next day because I had a buddy out there. He was like, "Dude, just come, come live in my spare rooms, come figure out life, go to school, do whatever you're gonna do." And so that's how I ended up in Utah, and I've kind of been there ever since. Right? So, what do you think about making a drastic change like that? Because for anyone that follows the show and knows my journey, I did this something similar. Like I, right. I made a drastic move across the country. What was that? Something that. You ne- you might have needed, do you think, or did you would suggest I for others? It. So, so for me, it was it was a lot of personal issues, mm-hmm. right? It was one of those things where yeah, there's the struggle of, excuse me, there's the struggle of not, not being in the military anymore, right? Trying to figure out mm-hmm. what you're going to do. But there's also the struggle of man, like everywhere I go, I'm reminded of this person. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone I run into because we we were in the same social circle, everyone I run into likes to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I just, I couldn't escape this, and so I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of California. Okay, I I went to Utah. It was great for me, and I think it'd be great for a lot of people because it, it's going to force you to either act mm-hmm. or be acted upon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that's something that I'm big on is never being in a reactive mind state. Yes. Because once once you're always reacting, you're always in a survival mode. You're always in panic mode, and you can't think clearly. You can't. Right. When I got out to Utah, I was like, all right, I got to make shit happen, mm-hmm. right? Now, I can either be a product of my situation. I have very little money. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job. I got a buddy who's let me crash in his spare room, and I, I got to figure things out, right? I don't have family that's going to financially support me. Mm-hmm. It's just me. Yeah. And so, very quickly, I was like, okay, well, I need to make things happen, right? And so, it was, and no one's going to do it for me. Right. There's nobody out here that's going to hand anything to me. And so I was forced to act on life, right? I was like, okay, well, I have these goals. Mm-hmm. I have these dreams. I have these aspirations. Now, what am I going to do right now that's going to take me to get there, right? I love it. And one of the things that I did more than anything was I read, right? There were a lot of books that I read. There were a lot of articles. There was a lot of, you know, Harvard Business Review, their website. You can go on and read articles on there of what's happening in business in the world today. Yes. Right? I read a lot of those. Um, and you almost get that stuff on like a live basis now, right? With how do. good they're getting with content and things like that. There's you do. so many venues to read and to just 
right. teach yourself. You know, and, and so I had this this entrepreneurial mindset where I, I very much decided, like, look, I can't seem to find anything that fits me, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to create my own thing, right. you know? And so at first, it, I started in beard products, mm-hmm. right? And I did well. I ended up selling that company um, and, and walking away from that. I, I feel like I got into the market on that one too late. I got in the market because right as it was beginning to boom... But all of the brands that were really growing and doing well financially have been around for a couple of years already. Okay. Right? And so yeah. you're trying to compete with that with, you know, when you are dealing with a limited budget, especially when it comes to marketing, mm-hmm. right? You're having to compete with that. So, okay, you know, if I can bring it to this point, there'll be somebody else that can take it. And basically what they're doing is they're taking your brand. Yeah. And they're, right? they just have more capacity to go up and then compete with those exactly. brands that are already well established. That if you would have stayed... Chasing this one thing, a lot of people fail in business early because they stick to this one dream and they, they chase yep. it so hard that these these sharks, these whales in business will just sweep them they right up. up if you, so they swam up and and the goal I think for any entrepreneur, and this is where people get lost because um, they think they're going to start a company and run it forever, right? Mm-hmm. Now the goal when you start a company should be five to ten years and then you're going to sell it. Okay, right? Five to ten years should be everybody's thinking. Every hardcore entrepreneur that I've met. Every hardcore business person that I know, that's what all of them do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's five to ten years. I build it to where I can take it to where I'm either going to start acquiring other companies mm-hmm. or I'm going to sell my company. I'm going to move on to the next thing. And it's only a rare occurrence that they don't if you have something, say, like Amazon or something. Right. If you, have, if you have Amazon I mean, or, these are massive or Microsoft, though, yes. these are things where you came in... And you created something that didn't exist before. And even then they'll hire people to do most of everything anyway. Right. You outsource everything. And yeah. the way that I run my company is almost completely outsourced. That's interesting right? too because I, I, I'm passionate about your style of company because um, A, there hasn't been any CBD product companies on the show. But also the just the way you distribute. Uh, uh, just I, I don't know a lot about how you run operations and stuff. So Right. So um, we, I run a very bare bones company. For as long as I can, right? As long, it, it's more money. It's it's not so much more money I can put back into my pocket. No, it's more money I can put back into the company. Oh yeah, right. That, that's now true. the hundred percent. The thing for me is, entrepreneurs now. Everyone, it, it it became sexy to become an entrepreneur because of social media, right? Now, if you were to go on to Instagram and type in hashtag entrepreneur. Mm-hmm in the search bar and you, you hit the, that hashtag and you see probably 20 million posts that have been tagged entrepreneur. What you're going to see is a lot of guys, young guys, clean cut, wearing a suit, getting on a private jet, doing a pose, yeah. right? Or posing next to a Lamborghini or something. So it became sexy to be an entrepreneur because everybody started thinking it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was this lifestyle yeah. brand that all of a sudden became something like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. So people started associating that with, oh, well, you're rich, or you are have a lot of money, You do whatever. what you want, you party, right. champagne you party, on a yacht. Right, you're, you're, doing, you're living this crazy lifestyle like Dan Bilzerian every weekend, mm. right? That is the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah, if they were um, to look into those individuals that they're liking the post for, they would go and find out that that plane was probably somebody's uncle and they drove up to the airstrip because they knew that they were going to be flying out. They took a quick picture. It could be that. It could be they there's, you know, rented the thing to right. take a picture. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of people, like I just in Salt Lake, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs, right? It's such mm-hmm. a booming economy. 
And there, there were a couple of networking groups that I was a part of and very quickly realized who's legit and who's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. um, there's this app called Turo, right? You can, you can rent. It's an app. It's a rental app. You can go rent exotic cars. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, rent a regular car, right? So you can go do that. Well, there were a lot of guys that what they were doing is they were using this app to rent exotic cars for a photo shoot, mm-hmm. posing as if they were their car. They would take videos to put on their Instagram story of them driving this car, making it look like they had all of this stuff, using Airbnb to rent out mansions, to throw parties, to really project, well, this is my lifestyle. This is what I do. And then charging people money to teach them how to yes. well, live well, that, this magical yes. life. And so you, what you'd see is there are people that they would call themselves an influencer, mm-hmm. right? Or a life coach or a business coach. Everything's rented. Everything's bullshit. When you're actually talking, well, what actually is your business? What is it that you do? What yeah. company do you run? Well, they don't run any company. What they've done is they've been able to maximize the use of Instagram to project a lifestyle, to make people think that they know what they're doing and then basically they're taking the advice of Gary Vaynerchuk or they're taking the advice of Mark Cuban or um, Sam Ovens and some of these other guys are taking all this and then they're putting it in their own words and selling that, mm. right? So there's a lot of that going on and yeah, uh, that, that's never been me. Um, my thing is this, I want to be done at 40, right? Yeah. I'm 28 years old. By the time I'm 40... I plan to have sold my company or hired a CEO to run it. Right. And I'll collect royalties or I'll live off of what I sold it for for the rest of my life. Um, that's why I... As you should. Right. Yeah. That That's the plan. I like to travel. Yeah. Right? Now, at 40 years old, I'm still young enough to where I'm pretty spry and I can travel the world and hike Mount Kilimanjaro mm-hmm. or do whatever I want and have the experience that I want to have. Without having to worry about, oh, well, you know, i got to go to the office on Monday at 8 a.m. <laughs> and i got this deadline to meet and that deadline to meet. I'm like, look, dude, I can grind for the next 12 years. Mm-hmm. I can build a company. I can make things happen and be legitimate about it. Um, and then at that point, after 12 years, you know, look at somebody like Andy Forsella, the guy from First Form, right? I love his podcast. MSCO uh, is an awesome podcast. I was having a tough day the other day. I was on when I uh, just wasn't in a good spot, and I turned on his podcast versus, like, playing just random music. And he motivates you. And, yes, he will pick you up off the damn floor, I'm telling you. So, right. uh, real quick shout-out, just check the MFCEO project out. It's a, it's a wonderful podcast. Andy Frisella has one of the most incredible journeys, and not only as a man, but as an entrepreneur, everything. I mean, you gain so much from that guy. But You gain a ton. Uh, you know, a lot of it, he's, had, he's come from nothing, right? Like, yeah. And a lot of young, aspiring entrepreneurs don't realize you should keep a full-time job while you build your company, mm-hmm. right? I worked full-time for two years while I built my company, while I planned everything out, mm-hmm. right? And until the company was making money, I didn't leave my full-time job, right? Yeah. Now, if you have someone like Ashton Kutcher, this was a, probably almost 10 years ago now, okay. right? Where he was, I think it was at the MTV Music Awards or something, and he gave this speech that very much became, um, went viral, mm-hmm. where he says, look, you know, Success looks a lot like hard work, right? You know, I I had my first job, I think he said, when he was 16 years old, and he was sweeping floors in a factory. And he didn't quit that job until he had his next job, mm-hmm. which I think was working deli at a grocery store. Right. And he didn't quit that job until he was on that 70s show. Yeah. Okay? That's and he says, success looks a lot like hard work, and there's a lot of people today that they want to live the lifestyle but they have no idea what it really takes or the sacrifices or the fact that you actually have to build a company to coach someone on how to run a company, 
right? How how do you go from just making that ultimate decision that okay, this is it? Like when you made the decision to go to Utah, I'm sure like yeah. okay, you you're you're all your ideas, all the business, it didn't just pop up when you moved to Utah. So I mean, you had to make a, a gut choice to change your life for the better, truly, and act on the things that you were learning from these people. As you read books and as you watch YouTube videos and just whatever you do to get to where you're going, how did you finally make that ultimate choice of this is it, this, I'm going to change my life, this is what's going to happen, and how, how do you, why do you think that so many people get to, like, can never get to that point? You know, they never I, break from that, that miserable yeah. just routine that they're It's entitlement, man. That's what I, I believe it truly is, is I've never thought that I was, I was entitled to success. I never thought I was entitled to it, but I knew that if I worked my ass off, mm -hmm. that I could earn it. Yes. Right? Now, for me, I, I grew up very, very poor. Uh -huh. um, like, when you're growing up so poor that you don't realize how poor you are. Because you figure that's that's what's normal. That's what everyone else so is you doing. You kind of get a little older. Do you right? You get a hear about older, things like, oh, from shit, the past. We were, broke, like, man, man. We, were, we were that family, right? Like, dang, <laughs> we really were that family. Like, holy I, shit. I, I feel you there. Um, but I, I was never afraid. I'm not afraid of having nothing. I'm not afraid of losing it all. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I, I've been poor. I've been broke. Mm -hmm. I, I've been in that position even as an adult. Right when I first got out of the Navy, there were a couple times where I was like, huh. I'm not 100% sure where my next meal's coming from. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. there, there oh were times God, like that. Yeah. I was like, damn, dude, like, <laughs> this is serious. Like, I, I'm, I'm a grown-ass man who needs food to survive. My stomach hurts because I'm hungry, and I have no money, and I don't know where I'm going to get a meal from. And, and I'm not afraid of that again, okay? Like, yeah. I lived through it. It didn't kill me. It didn't... I, there were times I was super depressed, but I was like, look, I've been there. It, I know I can get out of it. Do you right? think that your military background oh, gave absolutely. you some sort of like a... Absolutely. Do you think that because of that, veterans should... I, and I, I already believe in this wholeheartedly, but I mean, because of that, I think that veteran, more veterans should have that self-confidence of, I, sh I should consider being an entrepreneur. You might right. not know what it is, but you've been through processes and training and things that have really equipped you for becoming a successful business owner. No, you have. Given so, the right methods and yeah. work. So just to finish my, my previous thoughts, like, for me, I, I have no fear of losing everything, mm -hmm. and so I'm willing to take risks, okay? Now, if I lose everything, okay, cool, I'll rebuild. But I'll, I'll learn a lesson from that. Right. Right? I have, I have no fear of that, because I know I'll learn from it, and it'll be for my betterment. Yes, now, absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm fine with taking risks, but when those risks pay off, they pay off heavily, yeah. and, and it's great. Now, as far as what you learn from the military, and, and I think about this a lot. Now, for any veteran listening, they might think, oh, well, you know, I was just a grunt, or I was a bosun's mate, or I was, I was a, a supply fireman. specialist. You're guys. a supply specialist, Fucking right? Supply. It doesn't matter if you were a Navy SEAL, Green Beret, MARSOC operator, or whether or not you were a grunt or a supply specialist. None yeah. of that matters. Doesn't matter what branch. The fundamental skills that you were taught in boot camp are what is going to make you a successful entrepreneur. Okay? Yep. Now, everybody in boot camp hated it when they didn't make their bed correctly and they didn't have the perfect 90 degree corners and then your drill instructor, RDC, whatever, came in, tore the whole place apart, 
said you were, you know, the worst recruit that the Navy, Army, Marines has ever seen. <laughs> You're a giant piece of shit. You suck, right? Like, and, and they tear your whole place apart and tell you how much you suck and then make you put it all back together in 30 seconds, right? Yeah. We, we've all been there. Now, the reason they're doing that, and they were, I don't know why I understood this while I was there. I, I couldn't tell you why. I just knew. It seemed common sense to me that they were doing this to teach me a fundamental skill of attention to detail, mm-hmm. right? It was very, very simple. If you can pay attention to detail, if you can pay attention to the little things, well, then it becomes very easy to do the big things, yeah. right? Because 100%. you cover all of the bases ahead of time. Now, is a 90-degree corner going to you know, sink the ship? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Right. But, hey, if I leave this watertight door open and something happens, well, that might, right? Absolutely. Um, and so it becomes very much attention to detail. I think every, every veteran has been taught these fundamental skills. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're that guy that says, oh, this is just fucking stupid and I'm not going to bother because it doesn't matter... Well, you're probably those not going to be a very good entrepreneur. And those are the fuckers that get people killed on the battlefield because that's why they teach us that. Right. That's the ultimate reason that everybody in the military learns that is so people aren't getting killed next to you on the battlefield. But it does absolutely 1,000% correlate exactly into the entrepreneurship life. Like, what it actually takes is going to put you through so many ringers. Right. And if you don't have that mental fortitude, I, I worry for some people that don't have a military background who tell me they're starting a company. And I, I, I stay up at night sometimes because I'm like, man, like, what have they been through that is going to... No, like, I, love me, I love it. I love it. I love it when those people tell I me they're starting companies. <laughs> especially when they, they're telling me they're starting a company in my market, right? Oh, gosh. Because I'm like, oh, cool. You're my competition. Oh, well, I'm good. Yeah. Right? I, I was at, I was at uh, uh, an after party from another CBD company. Uh, a couple nights ago, and just from what I saw there and how things were run and how things are done, They're I walked away with com- I walked away with confidence, man. Well, they just they weren't they weren't there because they care about doing the right thing. They're there trying to capitalize on a market that's booming right now. Yeah, right now, and that's great. You know, there are a lot of people that make a lot of money doing that. But here's the thing, for, for every probably 10 companies that have come into the CBD market, maybe one or two of them are going to be here in two, three years. Yeah. Right? Just the way that they do things, the way that the laws are changing, you have to pay attention to what's going on around you, what other companies are doing. Now, when I launched my company, I launched my company with three products, right? Okay. I have the ability to do probably 100 different products. Okay. But if I release all 100 products at one time, well... You're gonna I don't, confuse the shit out of people. Not not just that, but I don't. I now longer know. I no longer have the ability to create excitement. Right. Right. Now every time I release a new product, I do a sale. Right. Hey, something new's out. Let's do twenty percent off. Be excited about it. Yeah. And I see a huge spike in sales. I see a huge spike in business because people get excited. Right. Right. And when I see business start to plateau, they're like, "Cool, we got something else to show you." Okay. Check this out. Now, same these are thing. good tidbits for everyone listening. Little, little tidbits, man. They're little little tricks. And people think, oh, if I release 100 products, that's 100 products I can make money on right now. But you're going to plateau. And once you plateau, then what? How are you going to create buzz? How are you going to create excitement? Now, the guy that does all the marketing for Bang Energy mm-hmm. went to high school at Menachee High School in Portable, California. Okay. Where, where I went to high school, he was, he was in the competitive high school, right? I went to Portable, Ohio, to Menachee. Okay. 
So I've networked with this guy just a little bit and talked to him. And I was like, so how are you? You guys have been booming, right? When I went to the Olympia, they had four stages, Damn. live DJs, bands, a hundred different models out there just throwing crates of drinks with people, man. Okay. And I was like, dude, I was like, how much did you spend just on this weekend? He was like, we spent about $5 million Jesus in marketing for this event, dude, with everything that we did. And I was wow. like, that, that was your marketing budget for one event. He's like, yep, it was the biggest one of the year. That's what we did. And I was like, so how, how have you guys continued to grow? How have you guys continued to, to create buzz? One, they use online reps, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they come in with the promise like, hey, we're an established brand. If you come in, you rep our stuff. You're going to build us, but we're also going to build you. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. But then once they get big enough, say, oh, well, now I want a salary. Oh, no. Next one. They let them go. Go do your own thing. You bu- We've built you up enough to where you can go somewhere else and make a salary. Yeah. They don't spend any money on them. Yeah. They don't spend sense. any money. Um, but the other thing is they, they have, I think there's 15 different bang flavors right now. Wow. He was like, we have about 40 different flavors ready to roll. Is it? But I every time I, I release a new flavor, it's a big deal. Yeah, People get excited. It's true. It's right? just like um, cell phone companies and stuff too. Like you know, they bring out roll out new four G new whatever they're upgrading, right. and then they'll throw AirPods. Like, I remember because I worked with T Mobile. I love T Mobile. You know, I'm one of those people and. Like, I love just watching John Ledger whenever he, he drops some new stuff because it's just, like, this huge spectacle. I mean, they really yep. do it up, but it's it, it's part of creating that brand and um, keeping people involved, you yeah. know. Pe- people um, get very lost, and they think they can just release something, and it's going to stay around forever. Well, people try to do it all. I think they try to do it all, and they try to do it all perfectly right away. Right. And if you just start with simplicity, if you keep that concept, I think, mm-hmm. and you start small and, and you have humble beginnings and, and you allow your following to know the truth about what, because if you have the right integrity, you shouldn't have anything to, you no, know, it's no, hide from no, your you following, your, your, you know, the yeah, community and stuff. So. Well, the thing with keeping things very simple at the beginning is it also keeps it very cheap. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, with three products, it wasn't hard for me to keep three products in inventory. Pretty easy, man. What about a hundred though? If you did that, hundred different products. Well, a hundred different products logistically <laughs> would have been a nightmare. Well, logistically it becomes more difficult. I won't say it'd be a nightmare, but it becomes more difficult. Now yeah. to maintain that inventory, to maintain shipping and order. Well, for every hundred products I have, I probably need to have five employees. Okay. Just to maintain things, just to keep order. Yeah. Right. To yeah. know where things are, they have a certain section that they are over. Right. 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 I need to have a larger warehouse space. Right, I need I need to be able to maintain this. Well, if if it, I'm trying to keep things very bare bones. So I'm trying to keep things very simple while I grow and I build to 100 products. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that people do is my company has no debt. I don't owe anyone a penny. That's good. Okay? There's very few companies out there that can say, oh well, you know, I don't owe anybody a penny. Right. Right. We owe nobody anything. Now that allows me to take greater risk because I'm not worried about paying a debtor. I'm worried about paying me. That's it. <laughs> right? So then that allows you to be a little more patient because there's no timeline on the, the, the return. No. Well, here's, here's the crazy thing is people people get so caught up on, on making a lot of money really quickly, right? Right. That they, they forget to enjoy life. Now, there's so much money out there in the world. I think there's about a, probably a thousand. It was like, it might have been like 10,000 new millionaires in the United States last year. Right. Wow. So there are 10,000 new people who, who broke the millionaire mark la- just last year. That's impressive. That's, that's a lot of people. It's right? going to keep increasing, too. It, and it'll keep increasing. Are, yeah. People forget that there's enough money out there to go around. 
Right. Right. Now there's there's no there's always abilities to make more money. There's always new ways to make new money. Right. There's there's a lot of opportunity out there, and people get so caught up on, well, I need to make this now because I want this thing. It's because of those yeah. Instagram pages they follow. It's those Instagram pages they follow, and here's here's my my thing is I don't have. I don't have one materialistic image in my mind of, oh, well, when I acquire this thing, I'll have made it, right? Right. I don't have that. So there's nothing that I'm chasing other than the ability that I've had the opportunity to meet some incredible people through entrepreneurship, and I've had the ability to make a little bit of money and then help some of those people Mm -hmm. and build this incredible relationship. So for me, it's like, hey, the more money I make, the more people I get to help, the more opportunities I get to create for other people. And the more I enjoy this deeper connection just with people, other than, hey, I'm chasing a fucking Lamborghini, man. Yeah. Once I get that LP750, I've made it. I'm good to go. Because once those people acquire that, they're well, what next? Then their motivation goes. Their work ethic goes. Their dedication goes. And then they find themselves depressed, like, well, I have this, but, well, it's getting repossessed now. Yeah, I got all this shit, but I'm still as miserable as I was. Right. Not more miserable. Right. I'm glad that you touched on that, too, because... I just, man, it breaks my heart first and foremost to see that. But I think, like, the biggest thing is the fact that why is it so, like, the the idea of wealth creation and wealth generation and leaving a a fucking legacy for your family for generations. And that all takes, it's not rocket science, that all takes a shitload of money to do uh, complete everything you want to, to be able to help others. Like, for me, ideally, um, having more money would allow me to be able to travel more for the show. It would allow me better content production. Mm-hmm. Things like that to be able to actually help. It um, creates so, opportunity. Like, how can we get people to open up more to talking about money for themselves? Having that confidence that mm-hmm. you do deserve the shit that you want. You just have to do the right things to get it. Like, you have to want to work for them basically right so i don't don't think it has anything to do with that i think it has everything to do with insecurity right Mm -hmm. now when living so utah is a very insecure culture okay so i I live in salt lake city um almost everybody there's insecure it's it's one of the plastic surgery capitals of the world right now i have a friend whose 14 year old daughter doesn't like her ears. They're getting her an ear surgery to fix her ears. She's 14. She's 14. She's getting, she's getting her ears like trimmed back. Like you do to a pit bull, right? I was like, okay, like that, that's cool. Like if that, if that's what's going to make you happy, it's great. Um, girls that are right out of high school with boob jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Girls in high school getting Botox and lip fillers and, and things to make them look a certain way so that they feel more confident. Now, what also goes along with that is, well, then I need to also have the bends, Right, I need to have this. I need to have that. I need to have these shoes. I need to wear this brand. Yeah, right. It, I was gonna it's, say it's everything. It's everything. It becomes this huge insecure, just compounded problem where people aren't happy with who they are, and not like who they are. So they dwell like, on that the rest of their life instead right. of changing. They're always looking for something to fulfill them instead of living a life that's actually fulfilling. Right, right? now, I would much rather take a trip to. Paris this summer than buy a brand new car. Yeah. Right? I completely like agree. I, I, I'd rather go have an experience and, and have a memory. See those views. And see those views, man. scrolling through them on Facebook. Right. Right. I, you want to go see that and experience that. There's something we said 
where where was I? I think I was in Singapore. I was standing on a dock in Singapore, and I just remember it was fucking hot, dude, and humid. But feeling this breeze coming, just hit me in the face, and just smelling just Singapore. the ocean air, just smelling Singapore, right? Singapore's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Singapore is gorgeous. And I just remember thinking, like, man, how many how many people do I know that I grew up with or that I've spent time with in my life that are going to have this experience, right? And it was cool. It, it adds perspective. You go and you enjoy the culture there. You go and you, you spend time around the people. Yeah. And you realize very quickly they live a very different life than you do. Mm-hmm. A very different life. Yeah. And that that adds perspective to your life. It's humbling. Right? It's humbling. You know, if you go to Thailand, right, or India, or some of these, or Philippines, some of these places where they don't have a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you see how they live, but you see how they can be happy. And you see how they treat you, too. They as treat, a guest. As a guest. That's they, the most beautiful part of my opinion. Yes. They, they treat you very well. Yeah. And... Mostly, I mean, mostly, yeah. Right? yeah. So, Generally, so you go to the Philippines. There, there's a sect that just wants to kill careful you. Careful, as like, if you're an American, you definitely have to be careful at some places. But yeah. I mean, like, for the most part, the cultures accept you and they, right. they treat you with the utmost respect. Yeah, I, I, the most peaceful place I've ever been on this planet was at a Buddhist temple <sighs> in Little India in Singapore. Right, I remember having to like take my shoes off, wash my feet, and then walk around this temple. And you're, you're in a very busy, busy place in Little India in Singapore. Mm-hmm. But it, it was so quiet in there. Yeah. And you're walking around, the, the stone and concrete floors are so warm. And you're, you're looking at, like, this, I wasn't raised Buddhist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know much about Buddhism. Um, but I just remember the peace that I felt there. And I was like, man, this is so different than the West, where you're, you're predominantly is raised very Christian. Um but the way these people treat you and they treat each other. Mm-hmm. It's respect. is respect and honor and the value of your soul. Right. Has nothing to do with materialistic shit. It's the value of your soul. Yeah. And so, excuse me, I think You're fine. And so having that experience and seeing that adds perspective. Like, okay, I know how this made me feel. Mm-hmm. Right. I know how these people made me feel. Well, I want to make other people feel that way. Right. How do I take myself to a place where I make other people feel that way? How do I take myself to a place where I can give people that type of warmth and love, right? And you can't do that when you're insecure. Now, if you're insecure, if you have, you know, and any, anyone that's looking to start a business, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a lot easier and it's a lot simpler. So I want to say it's easier. It's a lot simpler than what you think it's going to be, but it's not, it's, easy. It's not easy. It's going to be very hard. There's, there's going to be times where... You know, people are going to shit on your product. They're going to shit on you, mm-hmm. right? Like, that was the, the funniest thing that, that happened where I, I've, I've kind of, at, at first I took it very personal, yeah. right? And after a while, I just kind of started laughing at it, was people start attacking you. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, well, what makes you think you can do this? Or what makes you think you can do that, right? What makes you think you're going to be successful? What separates you? And I was like, well, nothing other than the fact that I'm willing to work. <laughs> Right, like I'm not, I'm not afraid to stay up till three o'clock in the morning to get shit done. I was just gonna say this too because this is something I've experienced drastically over the last couple of years. Is like you eventually just stop fucking answering those people uh-huh. because by then they don't fucking matter, and nor do their opinions. And I, I think that's where you're exactly about to strike yeah. on. But it, if you're somebody that's asking those questions of somebody who's chasing down a dream, just know they do not give a fuck about your opinion on the matter. If you're just gonna question. You know, if you haven't done it yourself and, and you got all these insights because you watched some videos or something, 
just leave them to it because they don't care about your opinion. Yeah. Uh, they don't. Um, um, I get that so much now. Well, and the, their opinions always on things that are relative, right? It's mm-hmm. very much an opinion. Now, you don't like my logo. Okay, cool. I don't care. I like my logo. <laughs> Thank you for the feedback. Right? Thanks for the feedback. I appreciate it. Um, you're the one person that came back with something negative. Out of the... But I had like 100 people like tell me how much they loved it. Yeah, right? wonderful. So it was great That's idea. cool. Like, am I going to change what I'm doing over one? No, I'm not. Right? And nobody should. I think too no. many people worry about that one. Well, people... That's that insecurity talking. It's that insecurity talking, man. If, yeah. if you have insecurities, if you have inner demons, when you start a company, when you start pursuing things, they're going to come out and they're going to come in the form of your first big setback and it, it's going to be your self-talk. Right. What are you saying to yourself during your first big setback? Are you saying to yourself, man, I'm a piece of shit. Man, I was so foolish for pursuing this. Yeah. Man, I made a mistake. I need to go back to finding a good job that's right. going to keep me a steady right. I should go back and finish my degree in, in accounting. Uh, I'm back I, in that shadow. Right. Uh. And there's a lot of people that do that. Man, when I had my first big setback, you know, it, it was a financial setback. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I, I'd made some mistakes. I didn't fully research payment processing companies the way I should have. Okay. And so we were processing CBD payments with someone that didn't allow any cannabis whatsoever, right? <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. And so what they did, and it was buried so vaguely yeah. in their terms they of use. They find the hell out of you. That, and they find you, they audit you, and they find you. And what they did was they, they froze all of my money for six months. Wow. And so I went from having a full operating budget to having no money. Wow. Right? I remember being sat there one day like, hey, I have orders to fulfill... I have this to do, I have that to do. Like, how am I going to make this happen? Yeah. Right? Like, what am I going to do? And I end up, like, I, I'd set enough personal savings aside to where I just dipped back into my personal money and just made it happen. Um, but that first big setback, I was like, okay, like, this might legitimately put me out of business. Have you ever uh, heard the Airbnb story? Um, how they had the, the, like, literally, like, the CD flip binder full of credit cards that they had maxed to keep the business running oh, for the right. couple years before. I haven't heard that. No, so they have an incredible that. story, but yeah, I, I mean, have to look that up. That would have been what you probably ended up getting into had you not had the, per- you would have found a right. way, I think. I would have found a somehow. way. Yeah. But like that myself, the best option, but. right. But I, I was lucky enough. I had someone that I would consider a business advisor, um, that I talked to about it and he was so positive, man. So this guy named Chris Osman, he started a company called tactical assault gear, Back in the day, he was a former SEAL Team 3 guy. Really cool guy. Very knowledgeable about business. Um, and I remember talking to him, and, you know, he sold TAG for millions. I have no idea what it was. It, it mm-hmm. was a lot of money. Um, now he does a company called Chris Osmond Designs, who makes bar bags for Harleys and some stuff oh, like nice. that. To check and, it out. Yeah. He's, he's a super cool guy. Um, he probably somebody should get on the podcast. But... Um, I remember talking to him and he was like, man, five years from now and you're talking at conventions and different things, like, you're going to laugh about this. Right. I remember how positive he was about it. And I'm sat here like, fuck, man, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? He just told you, like, you can't make excuses. You're going to do this. Right. Listen to me. It, it, well, he didn't, it wasn't even that. He was just like, man, five years from now when you're past this, you're going to laugh about it because every entrepreneur goes through something like this, right? Mm-hmm. And so my self-talk went from like, okay, like, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to make this happen? Like, one day I'm going to laugh about this. Yeah. And that's all it was, right? right? And so I was able to be very positive about it. Um, and so I'm, I'm big on joining mastermind groups. I'm big on finding a network. I'm big on finding business advisors. Being it, coachable. Being teachable. coachable. Being humble, right? Yeah, Be humble. Yeah. 
at the end of the day, I, I don't know everything. I know very little, right? Now, I feel that way. Yeah. One, one thing that I, I would say that I'm very good at is I know what I don't know. And so I'm willing to find the people that are good at those things. And then I stay the hell out of their way. That's a, right. I like that you're, you're like, you're good at knowing what you don't know. Um, one way I put it is Robert Kiyosaki always says like the illiterate of the 21st century are people who can't unlearn and relearn. Yes. And so it's kind of right along the same premise. So I always say that, but it's the same thing. I mean, you have to understand that like, if you're not where you want to be in life, truly to the core, you have to humble yourself. You have to become more grateful for life in itself. But you also got to understand that you don't know shit. Because if you did, you'd be exactly where you want to be. Right. right. You know, and it's entrepreneurship's a journey. It's not a destination. Right. Exactly. Like, it's, it's a lot like happiness. You don't just arrive at happy. You it's something it. you choose every day. Yeah. Right. Now, entrepreneurship's the same way where I'm an entrepreneur, yes, but... I, I haven't just arrived at a destination and been successful and made money because, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. It's very much like, hey, it's a journey. I'm learning along the way. You right? have to have good integrity. You do. One of the people that I like to follow on social media that are other entrepreneurs that I learn from a lot, mm-hmm. um, one is obviously Andy Frisella. Yeah. Andy Frisella is a student of business. He's always networking with new people. First form, if you guys at home watching don't know. Who that is but yeah check him out yeah he's super super great guy incredible now the other guy that i i follow um and you know i had dinner with him his name's ryan williams i think he was a seal team one guy mm-hmm. um but i i sat down i think in, in september it was over the summer in san diego with dinner with him and he kind of broke down he's like look there's there's different levels of business, right? Yes. Now there's your your million dollar and below businesses, there's your one to ten million dollar businesses, and there's your ten million and above businesses. And then you have this like point zero zero one percent that are in, in the billions of dollars the Amazons business, right? Of the, world. the Amazons, the Apples, the Microsofts, that those guys. Yeah. Okay. Now Ryan was like, you know, I'm in I'm in the three at the time, right? I think he's he's much surpassed that by now. But at the time he was like, look, I'm in about the three million dollar range. That's what we'll do about this year. He's like, my take home is much less than that, but you know, that's that's what we're doing in business Gross. right this very second. Yeah. Right? And so his his thing is was breaking down that, but with Ryan is he is a student of business. He's always learning. He's always posting, hey, I just met this person mm-hmm. and I just learned this skill. Or I just learned this um uh, strategy, strategy, or, or whatever it is, right? I, I just got I this just document this, handed this down fundamental something. skill. I just learned, right? They shared something with me, and he's not afraid to learn, right? Right? And those are the people that, in business, you want to surround yourself with, because you're you're not going to be talking. And he, he's had Lambos, and he's got a muscle car right now. Like he he, he does the car thing, mm-hmm. right? And it's cool. Like yeah. it's really cool. Um, and you're, so you're going to have some some level of conversation about, yeah, I just bought a Lambo, right? I, I did yeah. Cool stuff, right? Or I just traveled here. But for the most part, the conversations you're going to have about these people are ideas. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about, well, what have I learned? Yeah. What am I learning? What am I doing? What have I seen that's working? What's not? Right. You're constantly picking ideas off of each other mm-hmm. that are helping you all move forward. Yep. And that's what a lot of people are missing in this entrepreneurship space today is they think that it's a lifestyle. They want to talk about cars. They want to talk about mansions. They want to talk about 
oh, well, I got shit-faced with Post Malone this weekend. Yeah. They right? want to be able to have that cool-ass they want to be cool. event to put on their right. story. It's like... Right. It's uh, all about being cool. It's all about a lifestyle. And I think... But um, they're not living a life. Well, and I think you mentioned... Um, influencers earlier i i would like to consider myself to be a military influencer and and like when i say that though and when you said it 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 sparked with me too uh we gotta put more on the people that are being watched Mm -hmm. and and yes you are free to do whatever the fuck you want in life live your life if you're gonna scam people for a lot of money i guess we can't stop you but i mean like genuinely the leaders the actual people who consider themselves to be influencers you have to be genuinely doing more to really educate the people that are following you. I see so many people with thousands of followers, you know, and, and the value that they could be putting to the world because they have so many eyes watching them and they just decide to put some shit that they know is going to, you know, that's just going to put mm-hmm. out some negative effect on everybody. Uh, and that's why, like, I, I'm very passionate about this podcast. I'm passionate about what I'm going to be doing because, yeah. like, we as you know businessmen and and veterans like i think it's like it's up to us to get other people on board with with how we operate and how we treat others and what we want for this community truly Uh, right so what's the biggest thing that what i what i've learned from the most successful people i've been around is they're not greedy absolutely like the people that are trying to be greedy with their information most like if they think they figured something out in business, right? If they think they figured out how to do something, now those people that are greedy with that information don't want to share it because they think it's proprietary to them. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, I'm gonna write a book, or I'm gonna do this, and I don't want to share it. Those people find themselves very quickly being alone mm-hmm. because the people that are truly successful want to share these ideas so yeah. that everybody can learn and bring everybody you along can grow. for this journey. Yeah, like it there's, goes back to there's plenty of money for everyone. In always the world. plenty yeah. of money for everyone. Have no fear that we're not gonna come take all of your. Right. earnings, Jesus. When, and when you when you start really networking with successful people and, and you learn these ideas, like they might end up becoming investors in your company. But if you if you make a friend, you might make you might earn an investor. If you make an enemy, you might earn learn a competitor. Mm-hmm. Right? Now the worst thing in the world or the worst competitor to have is somebody that knows you. Right. right. Because they're gonna know how you think, they're gonna know how you operate, and so they're gonna know how to truly compete with you. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's guys, uh, there's guys I've met that are like that, right? They've, they were once upon a time mentors to somebody. They felt disrespected, and they took them down. And they took them down. They're like, I'm going to teach you a lesson for your own good. Yeah, because they didn't want. But I'm going to come into you more, you know, right? So but I'm going to come into your market, and I'm going to show you. You don't really know what you know. <laughs> I've seen that happen to people, and so you're always very careful. Like, okay, like when I'm, when I'm working with people, when I'm building networks and relationships. At the end of the day, I, I don't I don't know everything, mm-hmm. um, and you never know. Like, even even though someone might be very new in their field, someone might be very new in their market, um, and they're there to learn. Yeah, that doesn't mean they don't also have something to offer. Right. right? Now right. there, I I sat down with um, the guy that owns Soul Treadmills is a friend of mine, Dave Babcock. Now when I sat down with Dave, um, we'll do lunch every couple of months and and talk business. I'm like, okay. So I'm here now. I'm reaching these checkpoints. We're reaching these goals. We're growing. Mm-hmm. What What did you see at this point in your business? Right. What did What did you run into? What What problems did you have? Yeah. Now, logistically, you know, he was like, "Look, everybody has a say." I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Dude, when I have these meetings, 
and we might have a meeting we're talking about marketing but the guy that handles all the shipping and operations might have an awesome idea for marketing right he's like and the guy that does marketing might have an awesome idea for shipping he's like but everybody has a voice yeah and so everybody has the ability to contribute and everybody feels valued yeah everywhere now the way and that's crucial for a business to it is. the longevity and just the growth and everything it like is. that like the now let's go let's talk about like Jocko Willink right so yeah. his book Extreme Ownership now I had somebody one time say that they, they read the book and they didn't see how it applied to business I would tell that person if I was sat in front of them you don't run a fucking business or you shouldn't be or you shouldn't be yeah. because you have Anybody. no idea what leadership is um, and so you just you shouldn't ever be in leadership I okay? think timing's big too timing's big yeah but my point with Jocko's book is he's very much about giving people the opportunity to run their own program, to take complete ownership of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now he applies it to the SEAL teams in Iraq, yep. and he says, "Look, you know, I whenever we're doing something, I let the the junior leadership plan out the mission. I would have my input in certain areas. He's all, but I I gave them the opportunity to own the success of the mission. As they now, should, I think. as they should. Now for me, it's like, hey, I'm going to give you all of the resources you need to be successful." Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you do your thing that you're hired to do where you're good at that. I'm going to stay hands off. That way when it succeeds, I get to praise you and tell you what a great job you did. And you get to take all the credit for it and you feel awesome. Yeah. When it fails, I'm going to bring you into the office and we're like, okay, first thing we're going to do is, did I give you all of the resources you needed to be successful? Yeah. If the answer is no, guess what? It's my problem. Yeah. It's my fault. We will then adjust. I'll give you what you need to be successful and we'll go from there. If it comes down to, well, they got some personal issues going on in their life, well, hey, guess what? I, I get to be really patient. Yeah. Now, now I get to be patient with you, and I get to ask you, okay, well, what help do you need from me right now? Yeah. To, do you need to step away from a little bit? Like, let's set up do you a need plan, some more help? strategy. Set up a plan, strategy. Now, if it comes down to that thing where it's like they just didn't do their job, yeah. well, now it becomes, well, I failed to supervise you correctly, mm-hmm. right? So no matter what, I'm not shitting on a person. You're not holding expectations. I'm not holding expectations. Most of the time, this works very, very well because they always feel valued. Yeah. They can put all the blame on me. I don't care. Right? Trust me, I'm big on learning from failures. Yeah. I've done a lot of that. So I'm. (laughs) It's necessary, I think, uh, to. Just to get from point A to point Z, I think failing is absolutely, it just it has to happen. One, and at the end of the day, all, all I really care about is the overall success of the company. I don't need to be the person to take credit for that success. Yeah. Right? And uh, you, sh- you no, most people like don't necessarily, that's not what they're going for anyway. I mean, I think right. that's where you fail. If that's your end goal, then you're going to probably fail before you even could get there. Yeah. So you, you, you hit a point because... Giving back. It's giving back, you know, and there's there's nothing more important than to make somebody feel valued mm. and to make them feel good at what they do, yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, when, when you spend most of your waking hours, you're done doing your job, right? Yeah. Now, if, if you don't feel like you're good at what you do, you're probably not going to be very happy or fulfilled, right? I agree. But if, if you're, you feel like you're good at what you do, you feel like you're, you're growing, you feel like you're doing things, that's awesome. And with each of those successes you have, you're building your resume, because, you know, you're going to reach a point with my company where, hey, you've kind of topped out, mm-hmm. right? Which means I now get to give you the opportunity to move on to a bigger company, with yeah. bigger opportunities to make more money, and I get to rate you a stellar recommendation, right? Right. And, and then also, I get to bring in somebody new and train somebody. It's, right? also, uh, it's also kind of like building up that momentum within the individual's mind, too. I mean, within their 
personal life and just their overall mindset on where their life is headed, they're going to feel more confident. They're going to feel better. Uh, and then it's easier, too, for everybody just all around. We have about, uh, I'd say, just a couple more minutes on the episode. But I wanted to just, before we cut the episode, how... Okay, so let first let's talk about how can people get a hold of uh, Stars to Thangled stuff. Yeah. But I also want to... I mean, there's got to be some testimonies and stuff. Is this stuff really helping the veteran community? I mean, like, I'm sure you're getting yeah. testimonials from what it's doing. So for people yeah. that... If, if you're novice to CBD, go Google that shit. There's plenty of resources that will tell you what it is. But uh, what's this thing doing for our community? For me, it came down to anxiety and sleep. Right? Okay. Now, for a lot of veterans, I got a buddy, Matt, um, who, he's an army vet. He was there for the, the initial invasion of Iraq. Over the past 12 years, he's been on 120 different medications f- from the VA. Yeah. Sometimes up to like 13, 14 at a time. Now, and that's a common, it's a common story. A common thing, man. Yeah. Now, since, since then, he has been able to get off of all of those and take just CBD he now is able to combat his anxiety as well as actually get a good night's sleep. So there, there's big things. There's like We work with a lot of athletes and a lot of strength and conditioning coaches. Pain and recovery. Pain and recovery, man. No, we'll talk about a guy named Jeff Nichols. Um, he runs a company called PerformanceFirstUS.com. He's probably one of the most sought after strength and conditioning coaches in the country. He's a rep for us. Um, and for him, you know, it makes a huge difference for him in, in recovery, mm-hmm. right? And so he's been able to introduce to all of his professional athletes. We're working on a deal with the LA Kings right now. Okay. Um, they're going to a lot of their their off-season players that are recovering from surgeries are using it instead of painkillers. They got nice colors. They do. They're Same colors. colors the show there. there. <laughs> Same colors. So, you know, there's that. And then for me, it came down to sleep and anxiety, man. Um, we have cancer patients who use it for pain. Because, mm-hmm. look, you know, I have stage four cancer. It's my second time having stage four cancer. I'm going to die. I'd like to live out the rest of my days Without comfortably. And chemo well, or... well, not just that, but what goes along with chemo and the treatments is oxys, right? And so, like, look, I just don't feel like myself. I'm always groggy. Now, when they can use something like CBD that's going to have the same thing with the pain, so mm-hmm. they can be comfortable, but they're coherent, so they're able to live out the rest of their days in comfort with their family mm-hmm. to the best of their ability. Instead of having this sharp decline without without ever really getting to enjoy the last days. Right, right. I've seen this stuff help so many different situations. One of the biggest things, uh, I actually, this is, I don't have anyone close to me that's ever had Parkinson's, but something, I've always just had a very soft spot for people with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. And I've seen this stuff helping with Parkinson's, which gives me a ton of hope. But yep. uh, Crohn's. Even if you're a veteran listening, you might not, you might not need it, but think of people in your family Definitely, where where do they want to go to get Star Spangled Sup? StarspangledSups.com. StarSpangled and S-U-P-P-S.com. If you're listening to this or watching this, chances are you'll see a link somewhere in the description. Uh, I want to get this out to as many people as possible. So if you know somebody that might be, you know, suffering from anything, physical, mental, whatever, you know, uh, and approach them, you know, and find a way to, to, to introduce them to this stuff if they don't know about it. Uh, get in touch with Adam and the team at Star Spangled Subs. Yeah, Subs. yeah. Um, so then look, look us up on Instagram. You can hit me up. It's Adamir Putin. So you can just hit me up on Instagram. I'll always respond to messages. Um, if, if you're disrespectful, I'll let you know. <laughs> I've been known to do that. You know, if you, 
you know, I, I had somebody the other day it was an unhappy customer call me a motherfucker and tell me I probably had a vagina and I'll 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 respond accordingly. So <laughs> don't disrespect women like that customer. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been a pleasure having you on. I'm excited to uh, just have this relationship with you. I know. We started talking a little bit about real estate when I first got here, so I know that our connection is going to be everlasting. Yeah. I can't wait to hopefully see you more. Do you plan on ever going to like the you know the Mick, uh, you know some of these events uh, yeah. around the area? I mean, not to put yeah, uh, we, that, pro- we probably so will. We're going to be um, those a lot, hopefully, and, and yeah. stuff like that. So we, we probably will. There's a lot of things coming up. Um, yeah, I, do I you can, have anything you want to share? Yeah, um, we'll be at FitCon in Salt Lake in April. Um, we're doing that now. We're gonna be Jeff Nichols and Jason Bloom. Um, and Mitch Aguirre is putting together a uh, a deal in Virginia Beach. We're probably gonna be sponsoring that out there. At the very nice. least, all of the participants will be getting a, a package from us. Okay. Um, so that's coming. Um, so just we're always releasing new stuff. There's always something on the horizon we're doing. Um, so keep an eye on man. Put, awesome. Hit up the social media. Communicate with us. If you have questions, I'm always happy to answer questions. Always. That's awesome. I am so pumped to get this episode out to the world. For everybody listening, if you're watching this on video later on YouTube, we want to just sincerely thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, please do reach out if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything for the podcast. Anything for Adam. Uh, he, he was very informative and very easy to approach. Um, when I approached him to come on the show and asked him about CBD and things like that. So um, we're here for you guys and girls. Uh, we want to help as many people as we can um, on our journeys and then, uh, you know, with a connected journey as well. So reach out. Uh, make sure you share this with a veteran you know or somebody who might want to take some CBD or who already does because I think their products are probably better than most out there on the market from the research I've done and just from personal experience. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Adam, thank you again. It's been awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care.